Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is, we are getting nearer and nearer to Christmas. Um, I'm on a two-week break, which is awesome. <laughs> so, um, which, which means I do have a special surprise to share with you at the end of uh, today's podcast. Uh, it's going to be a, a pretty busy podcast. Um, we've got, we're going to talk a little bit of tech football and lots and lots of news with the, the tech basketball program this week. And then we'll talk the Chiefs and the Cowboys. And then we will end with the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So let's jump right into it. And um, obviously the, the, the big news this week was uh, the passing of Mike Leach. Um, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that uh, on this podcast. Um, I would encourage you, if you have not listened to the uh, special podcast I did Thursday night um, t- entitled In Memory of Mike Leach. Go back and listen to that. Um, I talked quite a bit about uh, my feelings towards Coach Leach and just thoughts about everything that's gone on. Um, it, but it's, it, you know, obviously it's been a very interesting week to say the least when it comes to coaches and, and coaches with tech connections. The big thing I want to talk about with football is the transfer portal situation. Um, we're going to get, we're, we're going to get some uh, clarification in on the recruiting class, obviously this week, which should be exciting. Uh, but going back to transfer portal, um, tech did have several people enter the transfer portal on Wednesday. Uh, not a surprise. You know, if, if you've been paying attention, you know, several news, uh, Don Williams for one, but uh, if you listen to any of the radio, uh, Ryan Hyatt Raiderland or the Rob Bro show, you know one of the things that that was talked about a lot uh, this past week and in the weeks before is that as part of the NIL deals that the tech athletes have signed, that they would there there would be money due to them uh, upon the end of the semester being in good standing at the semester and. The semester for Texas Tech officially ended on Wednesday, or excuse me, a Tuesday. And so not a surprise that you were going to have some players enter the transfer portal on Wednesday. There wasn't any massive, massive surprises. Um, you, had, you had quite a few offensive linemen, um, backup offensive linemen enter, enter the portal. And not a surprise because if you look at uh, what, what Joey McGuire and his staff have been doing Recruiting wise, they have really focused in on bringing in some offensive linemen. I think, quite frankly, up, upgrading the talent. Um, to me, the big surprise in the transfer portal was uh, Reggie Pearson entering the portal. Um, he, you know, he was somebody that did did get some meaningful play time this year. But again, um, if you look at who is coming in next year and who's who's been coming in recruiting wise. You know his position may have been uh, out recruited. You know he he did he did end up uh, losing his starting job to a player uh, midway through the year. So um, you know, bottom line about the transfer portal stuff. Um, you know, wish those guys the best. You know, they they stuck it out and totally understand. You know, if you if you're if you're not going to be getting playing time and especially starting. I uh, totally understand why you would want to enter the transfer portal. You know, there's been a lot of discussion. Oh, I hate the transfer portal. I hate NIL. And I think, honestly, a lot of that depends on 
kind of your age and your generation. There are parts of it that do that I don't like, and, and really, it's for college basketball. It's it's is a little bit more difficult for me because I'm used to seeing players play pretty much four years at the same university, and you're you're not going to get that anymore, really, in any sport, you know. Um, and you certainly, you know, go, talking about you know Mike Leach teams, you're never going to get a string of quarterbacks willing to wait three, four years to start again. You know, if you go back to the early Mike Leach years, you had had Cliff for three years, you had B.J. Simmons willing to wait, and again, he played one year as a senior, just rocked it. Sonny Cumbie waited, played one year as a senior, did great. Cody Hodges waited, Played one year as a senior, did great. You're never going to see that again. And you know, certainly, I think those guys, if if they were in the position that they were in in today's times, probably most of them would have entered the transfer portal. And you know, that's just that's just the nature of it. And you know, I I don't think it's an indictment on players. Oh, they're quitting, or they're just you know they're not tough enough to stay. No, I mean, I I, I completely get it. You, you you get an opportunity to go play somewhere else and actually be on the field. You're going to take it, and you know tech tech has has uh, taken advantage of the transfer portal. I mean that's how they got Tyree Wilson, and so you know I said this back in basketball season: you transfer portal giveth, transfer portal taketh away. And and I think number one, the recruiting class that you're you're going to sign this week, it's going to be a really successful recruiting class. Potentially could be a top twenty. They're they're kind of on that borderline. Um, certainly an upgrade. You know, even from last year. You know, Joey McGuire came in uh, about six weeks and put together top forty recruiting class. Now you're looking at a potentially top twenty recruiting class. And more importantly, you're going to be the number one class in the new Big Twelve. And what I mean by the new Big Twelve, excluding UT and Oklahoma, Texas Tech's going to be next on that list. So you, you're you going to be uh, uh, ranked higher in recruiting than TCU and Baylor, which you haven't been the last several years. TCU and Baylor, quite frankly, have run circles around you in the recruiting trail, and certainly the results on the field have shown that. So um, you're, you're going to get some of the sting of these guys leaving to the transfer portal a lot of that's going to going to work out with the recruits that you're bringing in. I think, in addition, you know, Joey McGuire has made it clear his strategy for the transfer portal is to bring guys back home to Texas. And I think, you know, they they, they ended up uh, a cornerback from San Diego State. He's coming to play at Texas Tech, and so I, you're still going to get some guys out of the transfer portal. Maybe just not as many as you have in the past. And again, you're not going to need to have as many if you're recruiting better than you have been, which it looks like you are. Um, certainly, I think you're going to have the best, you're, 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 no matter what, you're going to have the best recruiting class than, since probably 2011 with this recruiting class. And so um, it's going to be a good week for tech football coming up, bottom line. And so uh, I'm not that worried about the transfer portal stuff. You're you're not seeing a mass exodus of players that were starters or were anticipated to be starters 
going into next year. Some of your red shirts, uh, freshmen that you redshirted this year, they're they're not the ones leaving. Um, a lot of a lot of the players leaving are Matt Wells recruits, and again, that's that's not that big of a surprise when you bring in a new coaching staff and and really, quite frankly, a new recruiting philosophy. So I, I think things are things are good in the football world right now, and. You know, can't wait for the bowl game. We're going to talk more about the bowl game in our next episode. Um, but things are, things are good for tech football right now. And, you know, as far as I know, there hasn't been any staff departures. There was uh, some possibilities of that. Could still be some possibilities of that with, uh, you know, some hirings. Uh, I know several of the tech coaches were, I think, being considered for the North Texas job. Congratulations to Emo, Eric Morris. He is the new North Texas coach. I think that's a great hire for them, um, you know. And I, um, I, th- I thought Seth Luttrell did a pretty good job there, and really made a mistake not leaving when Kansas State offered the job. But um, you know, he'll, he'll land. I think he'll land on his feet somewhere as well um, at some point. But good, good for Eric Morris. So, but bottom line, like I said, I think football pretty pretty strong right now, and you know. We're going to have a great bowl game coming up. Uh, I love the fact that they're going to be honoring uh, Mike Leach with a decal on the helmets, pirate flag on the helmets. And, you know, it, it, it's feeling good to be a tech football fan right now. And it hasn't felt that way in over a decade. So that's good news. So let's switch gears to basketball. Basketball had a wild week last week. Um, I'm going to go ahead and address the elephant in the room, and I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it because, number one, it's it's not really a Texas Tech story, but number two, um, it's not really a sports story either. And I'm talking about the, the, the Chris Beard situation. Let me make some things clear. Um, if you've been a longtime listener of my podcast, I've given Chris Beard a hard time, you know. You go back early, early before we uh, before Tech played Beard last year. You know, I was calling him Judas Beard, and you know, making fun of him. And then I called him Country Club Beard. Blah blah blah. Couple things I want to make clear on that. Uh, number one, a lot of that was in jest. Um, a lot of it was joking jest. I don't hate Chris Beard. Um. I never hated Chris Beard. I was pretty disappointed with the way his departure happened. Um, you know, having said that, it's a bad situation and it's a tragic situation in Austin. Um, it was very, it was a very weird Monday um, last week because you had the news with Leach, and then you had the Beard thing happen, and two very different stories. Um, I'm not going to make fun of Beard about this. I'm not going to make fun of the situation because it, it's not something to make fun of. Um, you know, the fact is there's a victim here and that's the sad part. And, you know, at, at the end of the day that that's what we need to remember. Um, you know, ultimately it's going to be. Christelle Conti, CDC's decision what to do with this situation, um, but it's a tragedy, and it's and it's a tragedy for the the victim 
of the crime ultimately and and, and like I said as as a tech fan and I I didn't I guess I'm not on the right twitters well I'm on the I guess I'm not on the bad twitters because I didn't see a whole lot of tech fans making light of the situation I saw a couple things um ult- most of the tech fan twitter accounts that I followed I felt like were pretty respectful of the situation and and basically, you know, they understood that this this is a tragedy. There's a victim in this. And, you know, ultimately, there's due process. We're in the United States of America. And so due process is involved. And, you know, that 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 will that that process will play itself out. But I'm not gonna talk really much more about that situation just because, like I said, it's it's a it's a personal situation but it's also a tragic situation and so um you know if something comes up as far as the university of texas basketball position we'll touch on it then but you know just a very bad situation but but shifting gears to texas tech basketball they they had a wild week themselves and it started wednesday with so a tweet from Jeff Goodman that basically said uh, Fardaz Amac was going to enter the transfer portal, and fans, this this was coming on the heels of a Tuesday uh, Tech played against uh, Eastern Washington. I had a brain fart there for a minute. They played against Eastern Washington, and again after the Nichols game, Tech had another pretty lethargic, bad performance. Um, Bacho did not play, and Tech Tech didn't look good. Tech had issues shooting the ball. Tech had issues on defense. It was another bad performance, and, and you know, Tech fans, basketball fans, when, they, when the AMAC announcement came through, you had the typical Tech Twitter fan meltdown of, oh, it's over. We're going to go 0-18 in the Big 12, you know, all this. And, you know, my reaction to the story initially with the AMAC situation was, well, okay, yeah, that stinks. Um, But, again, we weren't sure what the timetable was for his return. You know, we'll just have to figure it out. The story takes a turn Wednesday night um, and – Texas Tech Twitter, Texas Tech message boards, Texas Tech Reddit threads. There's an explosion, and there's legitimate. I mean, there's people legitimately saying, "Oh, the the end of the basketball program is near. The basketball program is melting down." There were all sorts of rumors about players transferring. The culture is toxic at Tech. There were rumors about the coaching staff. I mean, it was just, it was a mess. And, you know, my reaction Wednesday night to it was, number one, it was surprised uh, concerning some of the stuff that I was reading. But number two, again, my, my feelings were, okay, this is coming out on Twitter. Here's what we're melting down about is Twitter rumors on a team that is currently 7-2. and two. At the time, they were 7-2. and two. Undefeated at home. Yeah, they haven't looked good in the last three games. Really, the last four games, quite frankly, going back to the 
Uh, and really, I'll say last three games because, you know, the Ohio State-Maui Invitational game, I mean, I thought they looked good. They just they got beat by a better team there. But, you know, certainly Georgetown, Nichols, and Eastern Washington, they had issues. But yet they still won. Um, but, you know, fans were melting down. Um, there was all sorts of rumor, Twitter rumors going about. I'm not, I'm not going to specifically address a lot of those because ultimately – I think a lot of those are just honestly what what I said. They're rumors. Um, you know, I, I, could there potentially potentially be some things that are true? Yeah, absolutely. But you know, we need to. It, to me, this situation. And, and let's flash forward to yesterday when Fardaz A. Mac announced he's no, he's not entering the transfer portal. In fact, he made the trip to Houston for today's game against Jackson State. Um. I think this serves as a lesson to us, and and, and this should be a no-brainer, common-sense lesson. You, you don't need to believe everything you hear on a social media platform. Um, and the, the tweet that basically aired all this dirty laundry about the coaching staff and the basketball program um, the guy that tweeted it is a Baylor fan. He's a Baylor basketball. Well, he's a Baylor fan. Baylor basketball. Baylor football. Um, yet Tech fans were taking what he said was gospel. Um, you know, I could go and tweet something right now about rumors. Um, that's just the nature of the game. And like I said, there there could be some truth to some of the things said. But my attitude Wednesday night, and it continues to be my attitude now, is. I'm going to wait and see. I'm not going to – I mean, Wednesday night, I even tweeted this out, and I got a lot of likes for this tweet. Um, Hopefully, they're listening to the Chris Carpenter show now. Um, But I basically said Wednesday night, you know, yeah, I know. It it was a frustrating day. I was disappointed when I thought AMAC was entering the transfer portal. But at the end of the day, I wasn't ready to burn the whole basketball program down and concede, oh, they're going to go 0-18. Now, do I think they're going to struggle this year probably more than we thought? Yeah, um, I do, I, you know, but I think this team, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I think this team has got some really talented pieces, talented athletes, talented scorers. It's just they haven't put it together yet. And I think they're starting to. And we're going to talk Jackson State game here in a minute. But you've got talent on this team. But you also have a a team that is extremely young. You have, I mean, I think the number is like six freshmen on this team. And I don't think it's fair to compare the success of this team to the success of last season's team. Last season's team was one of the oldest in college basketball. You had fifth-year seniors. You had grad transfer seniors. You had seniors that came back for a COVID year um, on that team last year. So you had people with a lot of experience playing Division I basketball, and it showed. Um, It certainly showed in the performance of that team. I don't think you can compare this current team with that team because – you've got some young, inexperienced freshmen and players that are just not used to playing 
this level of basketball yet. And I think they're continuing to improve. I've been extremely impressed with Pop Isaacs. I think Pop Isaacs is going to be a heck of a player. I hope I hope he comes back next year. Um, I hope so. I hope these freshmen, all of them, come back next year. Um, you know, the unfortunate fact with the transfer portal is you've got to re-recruit these players that you have on this team right now to stay, and that'll could be a challenge. No matter what what's going on with the coaching staff, you know, um, I was I've been impressed with Jennings and Washington. Um, you know, I think they're, they're, they're talented players. You know, Jalen Tyson, he's technically still a freshman. He's a redshirt freshman, but he's still a freshman. And this is his first year getting experience on the court, you know, and, and, and you go back to the, the game against Eastern Washington, you didn't have Bacho on the floor. And I think that showed. Um, and so there, there's some pieces that you're trying to figure out and I just I think we as fans need to be careful of well they struggle they're struggling in December so therefore well 0 and 18 in the Big 12 I just think that's really really dumb to say and as far as the Twitter rumor goes again to me this should be a lesson it won't be because you know people's too many people are still going to take something that's said on Twitter or social media as gospel that when you see something pop up on Twitter, you might want to take a wait and see attitude. Um, and that's kind of that was my feelings on Wednesday night. That's my feelings now um, is, you know, the rumors are just that they're rumors and so, you know, let's talk about today's game against Jackson State. That tech, uh, to me, I think Mark Adams and I think those players were trying to send a message to all the gobbledygook gar- garbage that was appearing on Twitter, message boards, everywhere else about this team because they came out with all cylinders firing. And that was with, even without Bacho playing. Um, they end up winning by 50 points to Jackson State. Now, again, Jackson State, they're not Kansas. They're not Texas. They're not, a, you know, Baylor or West Virginia. But you came out firing on all pistols. I, no, I'm not going to say that because that's an Oklahoma State thing. You came out just guns a-blazing, guns up in this game. And I've a real impressive performance. I, it was really great to see Elijah Fisher get some quality minutes. KJ Allen had a career high today. Um, I think every, I mean, it was a, it was a collective beatdown, and everybody on that Texas Tech team played a heck of a game. And so Tech fans, some of them need to step off the ledge. I, you know, I think the story of this team is not written yet. And like I've said, I, there is talent on this team. It's just putting it all together is going to be the challenge. And if they could put it all together and then you bring in uh, AMAC, which I think you're probably going to get him back maybe sometime in January. I don't see any reason you can't go on a run in February going into March because I do think you have the talent to do that. If the talent clicks together, if the no middle defense clicks together, there's potential. It's just 
the challenge and the question mark is going to be when is it going to click? Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. But I was real impressed today with today's performance, especially after all of the stuff that was floating around since Wednesday night. Um, I was real impressed with the performance. So I think the rumors of Tech basketball's demise have been overstated. Um, you're going to get uh, Houston Christian this week, formerly the artist formerly known as Houston Baptist. And you've got two more non-con games, Houston uh, Christian and then Alabama State, or I think it's Alabama State or South Carolina State. It's one of those. Um, and then you get and then you get TCU New Year's Eve in Fort Worth. So um, you get early tests in the Big 12. You get TCU New Year's Eve. Then that Monday, you're going to get Kansas. You're, you're thrown in the deep end of the pool um, early on. And hopefully Tech fans can handle – they might lose. A, they might lose a Big Twelve game at home this year. That's not going to surprise me. Might lose more than one. We'll see. But you know, the story of this Texas Tech basketball team hasn't been written yet. I'm going to reserve judgment till March, and I would encourage other fans to do the same. I mean, really, what good is it to? throw your hands up in the air and weep and gnash of teeth um, about the basketball team in December. I, you know, enjoy the ride, watch the games. And, you know, at the end of the day, we'll, we'll evaluate at the end of the season. So that's kind of my, my thoughts on that. So, all right, let's talk NFL real quick. Uh, Both, both the Cowboys and the chiefs, very interesting Sunday last week. Both of them were playing extremely inferior opponents that they should have blown out, and they didn't. Cowboys nearly lost to the Texans. It took a two-minute fourth-quarter drive by Dak to get, get them ahead, and then a goal-line stance by the defense to seal the game. You know, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. It's That didn't surprise me. They may play down to their opponent again tomorrow. They're playing Jacksonville, and Jacksonville is better than Houston, you know. So that could be a rough game. I don't know. I I, I think the Cowboys. I think very solidly, very clearly. I would I would say they're probably the third best team in the NFC. You know, the bad news for them is the best team that's ranked that's going to be seated number one in the NFC is Philadelphia. So you're going to be probably at best the five seed going into the playoffs. Now, the good news for the Cowboys is I think the three and the four seeds are are beatable. You've already beaten the third seed, the, the team that's probably going to be the third seed in Minnesota. Um, and then uh, Tampa Bay is a mess, dumpster fire. But so is everyone else in the NFC South. And so Tampa Bay probably by default is going to win the NFC South. And so you're probably going to end up playing them in the first round in Tampa. And that's a winnable game. And then you'll, you know, we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, Philadelphia is probably going to be the one seed. But, I, and, I, and this is, this pains me. With everything, I, I, in, in all my might, this pains me. But I, I think San Francisco's probably the favorite to win the NFC. You know, they have now with Brock Purdy playing, 
you know, they already had all the pieces with defense and the running game and the wep- offensive weapons. You know, the quarterback was the big question mark, and Brock Purdy's looked good. So, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, they may be the team to win the NFC. <laughs> I mean, that that really pains me to say. So, uh, Chiefs, they jumped out to an early lead against the Broncos. It was 28 nothing at one point, and it looked like it was going to be a blowout. Uh, Mahomes made some really bad interceptions. That enabled Denver to get back into the game. Um, but they ultimately, they never even tied it or took the lead. So it was kind of almost like the Chiefs were toying with Denver. And then, you know, eventually they they pulled up, they pulled away in the end and, and won. So, um, you know, I think the Chiefs probably are going to be locked in as the two seed. You're going to need some help to get Buffalo to lose some games. Buffalo and Cincinnati are the two you, you want to have lose some games. I don't see that happening. Um, you know, this week with the Chiefs, you get you get you get the Texans. Um, you should w- I think you'll you should win pretty easily. Um, you know, I I still think the Chiefs are should probably be the odds-on favorite to win the AFC. You just kind of hope you don't play Cincinnati because that that matchup is problematic for you and you're probably going to have to go into Buffalo and win. And so there, there, there are some obstacles for Kansas city, but I would also say there's obstacles for Buffalo and Cincinnati. And, you know, I would, I would also keep an eye on Miami. I think Miami, I'm really high on them just because for the majority of the year, Tua has been playing really, really good football. Um, I think what will hurt them ultimately is in the NFL, it's really hard to go from no playoffs to Super Bowl with a new, with a brand new quarterback. So I, I think I think Miami might get to the divisional round depending on matchups, but I I don't see them. I don't. I I wouldn't put them on the level of Cincinnati and um, Buffalo and Kansas City. You know, um, Tennessee same way. Tennessee's a team I think has too many issues, but certainly could get themselves a divisional round. But uh, ultimately, I think the AFC is going to come down to those three teams. The AFC to me is going to be a more compelling playoff. Um, than the NFC. Because like I said, I think the NFC, it's going to be Philly and San Francisco. And I, I think San Francisco, even if, if even if San Francisco has to go to Philadelphia, just based on the way that the, t- that the strengths of that team is built, I don't think the weather, cold weather and all that would affect them as negatively as you would think of a California team. You know, and and Brock Purdy played at Iowa State, so he's used to playing in the cold. You know, he kicked Tex butt he kicked Tex butt several times in the cold, so it'll be fine. You know, for him, and I hate to say that because I the the Forty Niners, la la la. So anyway, um, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, it'll be time for the Chris Carpenter. Tip of the week. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter 
tip of the week. And this tip of the week deals with the upcoming Christmas holiday season. Um, Take some time to slow down. I know typically there is a lot of stress with the holiday Christmas season. Um, You know, when you get gifts, you know, to shop for gifts, prepare decorations, prepare Christmas dinners, traveling, things like that. Um, I would encourage everybody take some time to take a break and and don't don't get caught up in you know being so stressed that you you don't remember that this is a great time to spend with family and friends and and really be thankful for them. So um, I hope everybody's got a, has a great holiday season. Here is the here is the plan for the Chris Carpenter show recordings coming up. This Wednesday, huge, huge episode coming. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a midweek madness, and it is going to be another panel discussion. I've got Alan Succi of the Real Chris Carpenter Show, although he hadn't recorded in a while. I need to encourage him to. And we got Toby Ryan, you know, the great photographer, NFT purveyor that he is. And we sat down and we talked Christmas movies. We gave our the definitive ranking of Christmas movies, our top fives. Um, great conversation. So watch for that on Wednesday. It's going to drop on Wednesday. It's uh, Midweek Madness, Christmas movie edition. And then my plan since next Saturday is Christmas Eve, I'm not going to record on Christmas Eve. I'm actually going to record on Friday December 23rd, yes, everybody, I'm going to record on Festivus, and I'm going to air some grievances this year. So tune in for that. It should be a fun show. Um, beyond that, I don't think I'm going to record on New Year's Eve. I may record um, that next week. I'm planning on doing a tech Ole Miss recap episode, and then we'll do a normal episode. I might do that one on uh, Friday the 30th, or I may move it to New Year's Day. I'm not sure yet. But that's kind of the way the the plan is. I hope everybody uh, has a great um, holiday season. You know, if you're – I'm a – you know, my district, uh, we are out for two weeks. Thank the Lord. Um, So – I'm on, I'm on break now. I'm as are some of my friends say, oh, it's summer mode, Chris. No, well, it's winter break, Chris mode. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, but you know, if you're having to work this week, travel this week, safe travels, um, you know, find ways to de-stress yourself, D D E stress yourself. So anyway, I hope everybody has a great week and I will see you on the next episode, Midweek Madness of The Chris Carpenter Show.